You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Day after the legend-making game between the Chiefs and Buffalo Bills, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, wide receiver McCole Hardman, and kicker Harrison Butker. We'll go in that order, starting with Andy Reid, followed by McCole Hardman, then we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Harrison Butker. Here's Andy Reid. There was positives on both sides, really all three phases. Uh, I, I liked what I saw. Uh, from the special teams, I like what I saw for the defense and, and the fact that we, you know, forced them into punting the ball. They hadn't done that uh, in the last couple of games, and we were able to, you know, to punt the ball four times. And those those turnovers, those, those opportunities that you're given, um, you know, give you give you a chance. And so, uh, and, and listen, we'll work on a few other things just to clean up as we <clears throat> come against this. Powerful um, Cincinnati offense, um, and then you know offensively there were there were some good individual efforts. There were uh, good team offensive efforts, um, and then collectively, I thought as a team, our guys stuck together. And there's a certain strength that you felt uh, on the um, on the sideline, and there, there's. There's never been any finger pointing, which is big in those tight situations. That's where you find out <clears throat> about your team. There's no tighter situation than than that one right there. Um, and the guys all hung together. And, uh, the defense trusted the offense. The offense trusted the defense and special teams. Everybody was everybody was rowing the boat in the same direction. So, anyways, uh, with that, time's yours. Let's go first to Herbie Tiope. Go ahead, Herbie. Coach, good afternoon. Thanks, sir. Uh, Tyron Matthew last night obviously was in the concussion protocol. Uh, we didn't get an update after the game, but how is he feeling? And then what, what is your hope for him this week, understanding he does have to clear the protocol? Yeah, I mean, he's one of the guys that I have uh, uh, Rick has seen this morning in our doc. So um, he, he's, he's still in the protocol and he's still going through it, but does feel good. So we'll just see how see how that goes. Uh, going forward um you know one thing I did mention Herbie on on the other thing was just our, our fans were incredible man uh nice and loud and aggressive I, we appreciated that anyways uh but that, that was the update on the Badger go next to Adam Teicher go ahead Adam hey Andy a couple of things um first of all any other injuries to note last night other than Tyron's injury and Brad, I'll have a second question. No, I haven't seen the other guy. They haven't been in yet. We we have a late check-in today, so it's okay. the guy's a little rest. Okay. And um, you mentioned Cincinnati a minute ago and their offense. 
What is it about Jamar Chase? I mean, he obviously was a handful for you guys last time around. Uh, he has been for other teams the Bengals have played. What What is it about him that makes him that kind of player? Yeah, so he, well, he's, a, he's a good receiver. He knows how to set up routes, especially for a young guy. And, um, and then he's strong when he when he gets the ball in his hands. He's got a great core strength and lower body strength <clears throat> and, and, um, and quick feet to go with it, so. He's a he's a complete package. He's one of those guys that isn't six foot four, but plays like he's six foot four. He's got a great range. Let's go next to Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Aaron. Hey, coach. Appreciate the time here. Uh, kind of in the reaction to last night's game, a lot of fans wanted to see uh, Josh Allen have the opportunity to touch the ball in overtime. Going back to 2019, you all, you all obviously made a proposal. I'm curious, what what were you aiming to to change with the overtime rules in, in that proposal? I don't know, but I'm glad they didn't. We didn't change <laughs> as of last night. But I, you know, I had a chance to talk with Sean afterwards, and <clears throat> you know, that's I'm sure something that they're, they're going to look at again too. And I, uh, I, mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I, I, I just that's a hard thing. I mean, one team it was great for us last night, but is it great for the game, which is the most important thing that we shall be looking out for? So, um, you know. It, it, it probably, you know, to make things equal, it probably needs to be able to uh, hit both, uh, both offenses, both defenses. So, next to Sam McDowell. Good, Sam. Hey, Andy. Um, a, a couple of things for you, real quick. But um, when you when you go back and watch the film, particularly those last thirteen seconds, are you just watching it from a coach's perspective, or are there some emotions that pop up as you're watching the way that unfolded last night? Yeah. Uh, I have no sound on my thing here. So um, uh, I'm doing my own nar narrations. Uh, and I, I would tell you that, uh, unfortunately, my eyes trained to go to the things that aren't so good first. And uh, uh, but so I don't get too caught up in it emotionally. But it, it was uh, it was a crazy situation. Uh, I haven't been through a lot of those with 13 seconds left. And I, but I thought. Listen, I thought we managed that whole process the right way, but um, whether it was the timeouts, whether it was the players, uh, where they could make some adjustments um, according to looks that took place. And, <clears throat> and I, I think it just all worked out uh, well. The coaches being able to get the plays in. I mean, EB, I mentioned last night, has a ton of things going through his headset. And for him to be able to uh, get everything spit out to the quarterback is a, uh, you know, that's a, that's a challenge. And he did a nice job with that during the most chaotic time. And the secondly is, is, to, is off of that, you know, it is a really chaotic time and you and your coaches, but I wanted to ask you specifically about your mindset in those situations. What allows you to be calm? Is it just that you have so much in front of you to think about that you can't think about the chaotic chaos of it? Yeah. I mean, listen, my, my assistant coaches were phenomenal uh, <clears throat> during that time. So I have a lot of trust in them. Uh, everybody has their own category that they're responsible for. Uh, every situation we've got covered by a coach or two. <clears throat> so I was, uh, you know, we're able to talk and communicate that. And, um, I've got trust in those guys and what they, you know, what they see and like, and, um, you know, and they're able to work it out with EB. So it gets organized when I go down and I can, Kind of make sure the referees know what I'm thinking. Uh, the officials know what I'm thinking. So, um, 
you know, it, it just, we, we've practiced it and practiced it and practiced it. You don't very often get a chance to, to do it in, in that type of setting. So I'm, I'm just glad we, the rehearsal uh, worked out, uh, uh, you know, that we've worked on, was able to play out the way it did. Sweeney, go to Pete. Coach Eric Bianami has called uh, Patrick uh, a competitive prick before. Your your Grim Reaper comment from last night has kind of made the rounds here. Where do you think that Mahomes draws just that ultra competitiveness? Is it just simply a desire to to be great, or or is it deeper than maybe something that you see that we don't see? Yeah, well, I mean, he's a nice guy, right? We all know that he's a good kid. You guys deal with him all the time. Uh, but down in there, he, he's gritty and, and uh, he wants to he wants to get after you every opportunity he has. And most of all, he wants to make he wants to be great and he wants people around him to be great. And he has the ability at that position to do that. And, and he's not, you know, he, he's not afraid to be coached. He's not afraid to study hard. He's not afraid to work out hard, you know, go the extra mile with diet strength training, all those things, um, flexibility, he, he goes and tries to do it the best he possibly can. And as a result, you get what you got there. And what we've seen, we've, we've been spoiled with this now for the last few years. Uh, he, he's a pretty spectacular player. And, um, you know, we're lucky to have him right here in Kansas City. And so, I, you know, and to have that grit, I, I think that tells you a little bit about him. That's a <clears throat> That's something special. Let's go next to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Brad, I'll have a quick follow-up. Uh, Coach, I don't want to say, you know, we're, have we reached a point that Patrick is so good uh, and Josh Allen is so good and the receivers are so good that, like, defenses just can't stop them? I mean, Buffalo was the number one defense points and yards, and it seems the end of the game you could do whatever you wanted. Yeah, I, listen, I, I, I think uh, – it's a cat and mouse game. I mean, one year it might feel like that or one game, it might feel like that. And then the next game, uh, it goes the other way. So, uh, just, just depends a little bit on matchups or whatever coverages, whatever routes you might have called. I mean, there's a lot that goes, goes into that, but, um, I, I would just warn that, uh, it's an up and down yo-yo man, as you go, uh, with this thing one, one year, the defense is dominating the offense and then the offense comes back and dominates defense. And you probably could break it down. Like I said, to every game, it's a little bit different. And then everybody's talking about the game all, all across the country. And the, the debate is, is it the greatest game that was ever played? Do you ever have a moment? Will there be, if it's not now, because you're too busy moving on to Cincinnati, do you have moments where you sit back and reflect a game like this and, and what it means in the, in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, I might listen. I might down the road somewhere, but uh, you got it. I mean, right now, I mean, since last night we were moving on to Cincinnati. I mean, it's just you know, there's no time to to wait on that. And they had an extra day there to um, to kind of take a look at whatever two teams they thought they were going to play. And so it was important that we got on it and. and uh, Make sure we we have all the bases covered. So that's where we're we're deep into it right now, Saran. So Cincinnati. We've got three more. We'll go right down the line, starting with Vahe. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Andy. Uh, Brad, I'll, I'll have a follow up. 
to uh, Andy. These are both related really to Brett Veach. I, I, I know this is kind of ancient history now, but how hard was it for you to give up the, the general manager duties when you did um, and, and to, I guess, let go of that in a certain sense? And I'll, I'll have the follow up, Brett. You know, if I, I, I welcome that. Um, uh, even my last couple of years in Philadelphia, um, Howie Roseman had, had reached a point where he um, was doing a great job with it. And I was able to back off a little bit there. <clears throat> I still have a final say, but, but, but able to back off just a, a bit on the, uh, the evaluation, just going through all 400 guys, you know, so it was a, that can be, that can be time consuming. And, uh, um, and so when I got, when I came here, you know, Clark wanted the structure where, where it was such, and uh, where you had a head coach, a general manager, the president, and, um, and allowed us to each voice our opinion to him on whatever our uh, area was of expertise. So um I, I just thought it cleaned it up. It was, it was great. I thought it was really, <clears throat> really something I, I could uh, like to, or I'd like to get back to doing. And, and so John Dorsey did a nice job for us. And then Brett took over for John and he did, did a, he's doing a great job for us. And, you know, that's a, it's a, been a positive, positive thing. And the, and the follow-up with that, Andy, is I, I believe at Brett's wedding, John Dorsey gave a toast that uh, marriage is about trust. And then he said, like Andy and Brett, um, I, I, I wonder if, if you remember that, but also if you could speak to why you have such trust in Brett and how essential that's been to what's happening now. Well, I do. I mean, he, he was my administrative assistant one time. Now he's a big-time GM in the National Football League. So you know, he, he went from going out and grabbing me cheeseburgers to doing this. I mean, it was, it's, it's uh, quite the climb, but he, uh, he does Listen, he does a great job. You guys know him and you know how hard he works and the energy level that he brings every day. So um, I, I'd put him up against any GM in the national football league for uh, covering all the bases and making sure, you know, the communication is right between he and the coaching staff. He just, he's got a great feel for all of that. Last two, we'll go Darren and then Steve. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, Coach. Uh, good afternoon to you. Uh, right. I, I'm curious, um, you know, when you look ahead to this game on, on Sunday, uh, being in Cincinnati and, and seeing that game in person, what takeaways do you have, you know, saying to where you had a 14-point lead twice in that, uh, what, three times in that ball game to where obviously you all ended up on the other side of it, that, that uh, what takeaways do you have and, and how do you plan on making sure that something, if you're in that scenario again, that you know, um, history doesn't repeat itself. Yeah, Darren, they made big plays on us, and um, and both both sides of the ball, where they they were able to slow us down, and um, and then pick it up on the offensive their offensive side, and um, so you know we've got to do a better job all the way around. Uh, special teams included, we, we every phase can be better. They beat us. I mean, they, it wasn't a fluke. I mean, they beat us. And so they're a good football team. And it's important that we have a great week of preparation here. And that's one reason why the urgency level was there even yesterday once the game was over to get get busy. We'll ask Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, Coach, how you doing? Good. 
Hey, uh, Tyreek said post game uh, yesterday that that you and EB are like Shaq and Kobe. I want to get your thoughts. He's cutting out just a little. Can you hear me? Okay. Did, did, you were cutting. Can out you get me? Uh, did heard, can you hear yeah, me? Now? I heard the Shaq and Kobe. I presume I'm Shaq. <laughs> yeah, EB, EB. I don't know who's who, who's who, but EB called you. Uh, you guys, you 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 guys, Shaq and Kobe. I just want to get your your thoughts yeah. on that, and I have a follow up to that. You know what? Would probably be better is if I heard Shaq's comment on that. You know, <laughs> he wished he was looking this good. Doggone it. Um, uh, no, listen, uh, EB. EB played for me, and he's coached for me, um, or with me. And I would just tell you. Um, we have to be on the same page during, during the game and our, you know, the communication has to be spot on. And, you know, we started off with a young quarterback that didn't have a ton of experience and to watch the growth that, that's taken place with him between EB, Mike Kafka and the job that those guys have done with, with Patrick is, is phenomenal. But, um, and so EB and I spent a ton of time working through all of that stuff and just making sure that we're, uh, we're rolling and dancing the same dance there. And I, I have full trust in that when people say EB doesn't call the plays, EB does. I mean, he literally calls the plays in there. And, and then um, I have full trust that if he has a, an idea and he wants to shoot it, then he puts it in and we go. And I, I never question that. And, and we hear all the time uh, from players about phone calls, texts, and, and, and messages they receive post-game. I know for you, it's on to the next, but I'm curious how it was for you last night uh, after a game like that. Did you get any calls, texts from family, coaches, or, or former players, or anybody notable that we should know about? Yeah, so I had um, a lot of text messages well into the hundreds, and uh, it, uh, I didn't even know I knew that many people, but it, it was it was great to hear from some of them, and, uh, or really all of them, but it, it was uh, – um, I, I don't know if there's any way you can return all that <laughs> to them, but uh, I'll say it on right here as you ask the question. I'm I'm thankful that everybody sent those out. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining okay, us. Okay, good. Thank you. Hey, Nicole, appreciate the time here. Uh, everybody's talking about 13 seconds, right, and, and what went into y'all getting in field position. Andy Reid talked a lot about you all practicing that in training camp, practicing it every day. I don't want you to give away any strategy, but maybe tell us what what's the communication like to try and get down the field in that moment and maybe what people are saying in the huddle to be able to get you on field position there. Uh, well, first thing is just to figure out what we need, um, how much time we got, how many timeouts we got, uh, what we need to get out on the field. And um, like you said in the beginning, the question that we got, you know, situation that we practice all the time in case those situations ever come up into the game. And uh, with those 13 seconds left, the whole thing was let's, let's see if we can get a good enough field position to give Buck a chance to, you know, tie the game. And um, that's what, kind of what we did. Um, we had a play called, a couple of plays called and um, definitely, you know, ran it to perfection and executed the, the right way and gave Buck a chance. And, um, and then ultimately, you know, got the ball back in uh, overtime and, you know, ended the game. Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, McCole. Um, especially that Matt, Matt I can't see you, Matt. Are you, is your oh. camera on? <laughs> you know, I forgot to turn my camera on. Let me get that for you. Yeah. Um, hey, especially that touchdown run, you re that required a lot of patience, you know, as far as just waiting for your, your blocks to develop and set up and everything. 
is that something that you just continue to see developing with you that, that keeps showing up that you're, you have your patience and your ability to just kind of wait for that a play to develop and come to you growing in your career? Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's good to see you, Matt, man. It's good to see you on the screen right here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, um, it's an ongoing thing to just, you want to continue to get better at it. Um, like, especially like on those jet sweep or pop passes, you know, you want to, you know, your, your goal is to get, you know, a first down for me anyway, my goal is to get a first down and um, anything after that is just a bonus. So um, on that run, man, um, I kind of learned from the first run of how they was planted, you know, how they was scraping the linebacker over, bringing the safety down. And, um, and those guys do a good job of flowing to the ball. So I knew if I can, you know, get any little crease in there, you know, I can, I, I got, I got a chance to pop it. So um, I'm glad we came back to that play. Cause on the first one, I kind of was upset with myself too, because I, um, I kind of slowed down. It was a crease for me to, to hit it on the first one too, but um, I kind of just waited it out. But um, I knew if I got another chance, I was going to have an opportunity. So uh, it was good, good blocking by um, Bell and uh, Trav. And um, I just took care of the rest. Go next to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Nicole, my camera is on, so you can see me. I can, I can. As that game was unfolding last night, how did you process the emotions of that last two minutes? And when did you finally get a chance to sit back and, and realize the magnitude of the game that you played last night? Uh, so the, it's a rod called the hook. Um, at University Studios, Islands of Adventures. So how the ride go is, you first you start out real slow, and it shoots you out, right? And it's like one of those, like just a fun sight. You going fast, and it slows you down. You like, whoa, like what's going on? And then it, it shoots you back out again, you know. So it's kind of like that, man. It's like a like a roller coaster, just. Like you, you feel like you you're in a driver's seat, and it's like, yeah, man, we're doing great. We got a chance to win, and it's like, oh, dang, we just slowed down, and it's like, we got to find a way to get back up. But um, that that game was special. I think one of the, probably the the worst, best games I played in in my in my life. Um, so, but man, I, I really enjoyed it, man. To see see everybody in this team to come together and and just keep poise and, and when adversity hit, you know, we smacked it right in the face and and, and you continue to do what we knew how to do and. And then at the end, you know, winning like that, man, it doesn't get any better than that. And um, hats off to the Bills because they gave us everything we wanted. So, um, but I mean, that was a, I mean, absolute crazy game. Thanks to Pete Sweeney. Go, Pete. <clears throat> McCall, I think in the like last five years or so, we've kind of seen the emergence of this like running back wide receiver Debo comes to mind. Um, you kind of fit that bill for this team and that you can go downfield or, or you can do some of that end around stuff. How much do you enjoy the the multitude of, of looks that Andy Reid provides you? I mean, sure. I'm just more so happy to get opportunities and get a chance to, you know, you know, touch the, uh, touch the football and, and make plays happen. And so when he dial up things like, you know, the jet sweeps or the pop passes or the screen plays or anything to give me the ball quick, I, you know, I enjoy those moments because um, I know when I get the ball, I can make things happen and I can, you know, in a hurry as that. So um, I'm, I'm happy he just, you know, um, allowing me to, you know, be part of this team and be part of the, you know, the game plan and to help this team out and give me opportunities. And um, as long as he does that, I'm going to just make um make sure that he's right by, by giving me those opportunities. So I'm going to just take advantage and just have fun with it and do what I need to do when I get the ball. Let's go next to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, McCole, what, what's Patrick Mahomes like in the huddle in those situations? Are you looking at the coolest cat around uh, when you're in that huddle? What's what's he, what's his attitude like? Uh, you're looking at the guy that this, you know, um, I won't say the coolest because he's, he's more so locked in 
and, and focus on the, the thing at hand. So it's like once he come in the huddle, he's he's demanding the attention, he's demanding the respect and and let you know like it, it's not over until you know until the clock hits zero. And then it's like once he come in there with that persona, that demeanor, it, it makes you straighten up a little bit and like you know what if if he in it, you know, we in it too then and we just gonna we gonna we're gonna go to the end. So um that guy's special, man. And I think he one of the most talented, gifted players I ever been on the field with. And um just for him to do what he does and the plays that he makes is, is remarkable. So uh, I'm glad to have him on our team and um and the 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 respect he demands and just the the guy he is just you know makes you respect and wants you to go out there and play for him and give him your all. So let's go to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey Brad, I'll have a follow up too. McCall follow up to that question. Does Patrick actually tell you something along the lines that this isn't over yet, or is it just the way he approaches the huddle that that part's understood? Um, I think it's a bit of both, you know, I think, cause he, he'll tell you like, let's go. We, we, we got, we got work to do. Let's do it. You know, and like, let's, let's finish this game off the right way. Or, you know, just, just certain things he'll say and that, that, you know, he's for real, but you know that he, he mean it by his demeanor as well. You know, when he comes to the huddle and, and the plays that he make and, you know, whether it's running the ball or making ridiculous sidearm throws, you know, or just, you know, putting the, the placement of the football where it needs to be. So um, I think it's a little bit of both of the, um, the answer to that question. And then uh, yesterday, Tyreek said something along the lines of the, the way you guys drill those sort of situations is meetings with Eric Bieniemy. He said those meetings are really boring. Um, I, I'm wondering what your perspective is on, on those meetings. <laughs> Dude, it's like... It's like um, it's like a baby, you know. You, when a, a baby, you got the baby's diaper every day, and it's the type of thing you just like, man. I'm tired of doing it. What can they get older and be potty trained? It's kind of one of those situations, man. Like, and um, but no, nah, man. I, I think Ev does it because he know eventually those situations are going to come up, you know. And I think he hounded us on it so much. It's like. It's second nature to us. So when we get in those situations, it's nothing new to us because we didn't talk about it every day. So it's like, oh, so we know what we need to do in these situations, the plays that we need to run and plays that we have installed. Like it can go to the point where Pat can say one word that we know exactly what we got to do because we didn't did it so much, you know. So um, but yeah, it, it, it can be boring at times for sure. And um, but it, you know, it, 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 it's worth it at the end. Let's go next to Robert Remsen. Good Robert. Hey, Miko, quickly before I get to my question, uh, Andy Reid, of course, had that bite yesterday about being grim, so be the Grim Reaper, right? How do you feel about uh, the Grim Reaper as a new name for Patrick, a new nickname? Uh, that's kind of cool, honestly, because uh, I'm pretty sure he he just snatched a lot of people's dreams away in, in his uh, career. Um, and what's crazy, that's a nice little quote. I never heard that quote before like that. Like When, it, when things get grim, be the Grim Reaper. That's pretty cold about Coach Reed to come up with something like that. I don't know if he lied and just came over there at a press conference or he really told him that. I don't know. I'm going to ask him about it and see if he really told him that because that's really tough for where he got that quote from. But, um, yeah, I, I like the Grim Reaper for him, man. Um, that, I think that would be a cool name. And um, I don't think we'll call him Grim, but I, I like on the field that, that definitely a name that can fit him for sure. Yeah, so my actual question was going to be, so Tyreek Hill, I don't know if you saw on his touchdown pass, he threw up the deuces at the 15-yard line. As a speedster yourself, how do you know when you've got a guy beat, even though he's in front of you? You're like 15 yards away, and you still know you've got him beat. Oh, yeah, I guess that's a speed thing, man, because once he caught the ball, 
I knew it was a touchdown right away. It, you know, when you, when you fast like, you know, Tyreek or myself, once you get on that angle, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, yeah, it's over for you because I guess we know that the, the other gear we finna kick into and it's like you don't have that gear type thing. So, um, yeah, and I seen it. I think it was 58 when he was running. I said, oh, yeah, <laughs> he might have stopped running. It's over with. Uh, and um, that's probably one of the coldest moments I've seen Tyreek do in a minute when he put the deuces up like that in that type of situation. I was like, yeah, he, he's different for sure. Uh, last two, we'll go Todd Lebo and then Steve Walls. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, McCole, you guys uh, obviously had lost the Bills earlier in the year, so you got some revenge last night. You got the Bengals coming in here. You lost there just a few weeks ago. I don't know. Do you think about revenge, payback, stuff like that, or you just try to say we just got a, a football game, game coming up here and we just got to handle business? Uh, we treat it like the next game. You know, the, we treat it like any other game. Of course, you know, you have those – things in the back of your head like they beat us before um you know and and we we still got that taste in our mouth from when we played them so you know um it's definitely going to factor of how hard we gonna go into this practice this weekend how we want to prepare and um but we definitely gonna treat like the, the next game the most and this game is the important game so um we try not to let those distractions distract us and just go out there play our game and um hopefully just come out with a win the last steve walls good steve hey what's happening mako what's good bro not much, man. First of all, how's the Bearded Dragon doing? And uh, and also, man, with so much attention uh, given to Tyreek and Kelsey, and I know you had a little little bit of struggle early on in the season. What was the moment that you said, all right, man, I got to start making things happen? And I have a follow-up to this as well. Uh, the Bearded Dragon is great. He, he's good. He's doing, he's doing what he's supposed to do. And crazy, he got the cage the other day not too long ago. Don't know how he got out when he got out, but uh, he's doing good. And um, But I think uh, early in the season, man, it's just more of a, you know, kind of like a new role and just getting adjusted to it and um you know had a few bad games out of that stretch and but uh, I think really quick just you know I gotta be better than what I was um I gotta step up to the plate and and when those chances come the opportunities come I gotta really you know hone in on those moments and do what I need to do and and do what I'm capable of doing and um and then you got guys on the field like Tyreek and uh and Trav those they gain so much attention that you know you're gonna be in some situation where you one on one or where you don't have a lot of people around you where you gotta make things happen. And um so uh, just figuring that out and just finding you know your groove and I think I felt my groove a little bit and just you know um just doing your thing and contributing on special teams, you know, doing extra things outside of just being on the offense. So um I think I and once I found that I kind of like start putting everything together. And, and and one off the field thing for you, man. Uh Nelly performed halftime yesterday. Did anybody let you know that? And uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's my uncle, man. Me and Nelly, actually, you know, I'm cool with him. Um, he's a good person. Um, he had hit me up before and, you know, asked for, you know, if he can get a jersey and everything like that. So I actually went to the pro shop and um, go go get the jersey for him. And um, and he came by and got it and everything. You know, um, I signed it and everything like that. So uh, it, it was cool for him to rock that jersey like that. Now I come back out there after the half the score. So it was pretty dope for him to do that. I got to actually tell him, like, yeah, it was, it was dope. I didn't know he was going to do all that, but it was cool. You just heard from Andy Reid and McCall Hardman. Now we'll finish things up with Harrison Buckter. Hey, Harrison. Uh, hey, congratulations on last night. Um, a couple things. Uh, what were your thoughts at the point of the game where Buffalo scored that touchdown to go ahead by three points? You guys had 13 seconds left. You knew there was a shot that you were uh, going to uh, have to try a game-tying field goal. What were your thoughts at that point? And Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Yeah, as a kicker, I try to be ready for every moment, whether that's the first series extra point or the last series 
game tying um, kick to go to overtime. So every kick's a big kick and I have to prepare every series like I'm going to have a big kick. And if we have the ball, I need to be ready to go. Obviously, when it's only 13 seconds, you know you're going to be up really fast. So I got as many kicks as I could in the net, um, got with Tommy, got some some holds with those kicks in the net and just got prepared and got my mind mentally ready to go out there and and make the the kick that we needed to go to overtime. Okay, and then you get out there and you go in the same direction and almost the same spot as the one you missed at the end of the first half. How did that fit, figure into your thinking or, or did it at all? You know, I think it was actually a blessing. You know, when you when you have a missed kick, you're able to kind of think about what you need to change, what you need to adjust. I thought the 50-yard left hash that direction, I, I adjusted my aiming point too much, kind of deviated a little too much from the game plan I kind of had in the warm-up. And after that missed kick, you know, I kind of hit myself on the butt and said, I just need to stick with the game plan I had in the warm-up. And that's what I did for the 49-yarder. So I almost had like a, a practice kick with the miss and was able to, to bounce back and take what I could from the miss and, and help me for the, for the 49-yard left hash, same direction. Thanks to Herbie Tiope. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Harrison, as, sort of as a follow-up to what Adam was asking you, 13 seconds left on the clock, a lot of chaos. Uh, was there a point where you, you told Dave Tobe or even Andy, hey, get me to the 50-yard line or get me to the 45-yard line and I'll be good from there? What, what was your goal there? I didn't. You know, our line for both directions that game was a 35-yard line, so 53-yarder. But Coach Tobe, he knows my, my range. He knows if I needed to, I could probably hit a 60. I think in warm-ups – uh, uh, we hit maybe 56 or so, and and he knows there's adjustments I can make to lower the ball, change my technique a little bit to get more yards on it. So I'm sure even if it was a 60-yarder, I'm hoping I'd still get to go out there and potentially make it. But, you know, when, when the weather gets colder, the balls just don't travel as much. Um, but I'm sure Coach Tobe had full faith, and I did, in, in uh, Patrick getting us into a – uh, a shorter field goal, you know, within that 53-yard field goal range. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Harrison, I was wondering if you could just describe the sensation. I mean, this team has such high aspirations of a Super Bowl title and and the season just, you know, on your foot there. And, and in that type of situation, how important do you have to tap into the routine and, and kind of almost go into like a robotic type of up mode? Yeah, you said it. You know, I try to be like a robot. Every kick's a big kick. I, I have different mental cues that I go through. I have different things I do on the on the sideline to prepare to prepare me for for each kick. Because as a kicker, the more you start thinking about the magnitude of the kick, what's on the line, well, then is that going to help you make the kick? Probably not. So I think, what can I do right now in this moment to help improve the chances of me making this kick? I can work on my steps. I can go through my mental cues. I can make sure my ball contact's good in, in the net. I can visualize the ball going through. I can do all those things and then go out there, give it my best shot. Thankfully, it went through, but it's not till after the game that you're thinking, wow, you know, if I miss that kick, our season would be over. And obviously, we have aspirations to go to our third Super Bowl in a row and win um, our second kind of with this Coach Reed uh, coached up team. So, yeah, you can't think about all of those things. And I just really try to stay in my zone, focus on what I can control and uh, execute to the best of my ability. Let's go next to Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Aaron. Hey, appreciate the time here. I'm curious, you've been a part of the, the winning culture here in Kansas City 
and, and we kind of touched on kind of how it started off different and, and moving on to the win last night. What makes this year's group and this locker room unique in your opinion? I think it's a close-knit group. You know, it definitely has the, the feel from 2019. I think we have a lot of special guys. Everyone's playing super loose. I don't think there's any uh, fear or doubt in anybody. Um, the chemistry has been, been great. And I think another thing that's been important is we face a lot of adversity throughout the season with some of the losses, some of the close game losses, um, and then even through the playoffs. I mean, this past game, I think all those uh, different challenges that we've faced and have been able to overcome um, is important to, to making a, a championship caliber, caliber team. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Good, Sam. Hey, Harrison, when, when you talk about your mental cues, any, is there anything more you could share about what those mental cues are? <laughs> I think it's important for every kicker to find um, the, the foundational things that they need to go through um, to help them make kicks. So a guy like me, I'm, I'm big. I pride myself on being, you know, athletic for a kicker, I guess. So sometimes I try to come into the ball and put too much into it, but then I'm not necessarily being efficient. So one of the things I, I tell myself is to be smooth. And there's a couple other things, but it's different for everybody. It's unique. Everyone has strengths and weaknesses. And I think if you go back throughout your career practices and you say, why did I miss this kick? Well, you know, this certain thing was out of line. Well, then that maybe would be a good cue for you to go through in your head. Um, it, it's really easy to make kicking overcomplicated. You know, it, I think if you can simplify it, you're, you're going to do better. So how can you highlight those things that have been the reason why you're missing kicks? Highlight those things and focus on, um, you know, attacking and executing those particular issues that you have. But I always talk to myself and I do it in practice as well. So when I go out to a game, you know, it's just like those practice kicks that I had. I had the same kind of mental uh, focus for, for all my kicks. And I think it's really helped me throughout my career. Uh, we'll go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Harrison, I, I looked this up earlier. Um, in the 2018 AFC Championship game, the Chiefs had 32 seconds and the offense drove to put you in a, a similar situation. Uh, how much does playoff experience help you in a moment um, where you're kind of in a similar situation like you were last night? I think it's important. Um, you know, 2018 was the first time I had been in the AFC championship game. First got time a lot of guys uh, had been in that situation. And unfortunately, well, it was actually really similar to this. You know, we make the field goal to go to overtime and then we lose to uh, New England and with the overtime rule and everything, they're able to drive down and score. But I think the, the more big games you play in, you're, you're used to it. For me, I try to treat every game like it's any other regular season game. So even if it's a Super Bowl, it could be a preseason game. I try to treat it the exact same. But if you've been in those moments, it does give you kind of some confidence to know I can go out there in the biggest game and still perform and, and do the things that I need to do to be successful, just like I do in practice. So I think it's important for everybody to kind of get that confidence. And, you know, like I said, we're going on our fourth AFC championship game under coach Reed. And I think a lot of guys have been here before and they're, they're used to that, uh, that spotlight. Uh, last two, we'll go Todd Palmer and then Robert. Go Todd. Uh, hey, Harrison. It sounded like you said you tried to stay immune from the roller coaster of emotions, but I know the stadium was crazy. I'm sure the sideline was, was too, like how successful were you really in kind of blocking out the Tyreek touchdown and then, and then the bills touchdown or, or did you find yourself getting caught up? I definitely found myself getting caught up. You know, 
as a human being, you know, you, you're almost, if you're not on the field, you are kind of a fan somewhat, but it's about how fast can I quickly lock in, say, what is my job? My job is to be ready to kick a field goal whenever is needed. So I, I can't be too involved with the game. I, when Tyree scores, I can't, oh, we, we won the, the divisional game. We're going to the AFC championship game. That's, that's not a good thought, even though it went through my head. And then when they go down and they go up by three with 13 sec, seconds, I can't dwell on maybe our season's over. You know, those are not good thoughts, but as humans, we, most people, at least I, I have those thoughts, but it's about how quickly can you get those out of your head and focus on, on your execution, focus on what you can control. And for me, that's getting in the net, getting ready mentally and physically uh, to go out there and, and do what I need to do. Well, we'll last to Robert Rimson. Go to Robert. Hey, Harrison. I just kind of wanted your perspective on this. A lot of people are you know, making a big deal about the Bills not going for some kind of squib kick uh, late in the game with like 13 seconds left to run the clock. Uh, just curious, what do you think about, you know, the Bills not going for that kind of kick, going for that kind of kick in that kind of weather and that type of game? Uh, what's the thought process when uh, deciding things like that? That's a good question. You know, if they squibbed it, it probably would have taken maybe four seconds off the clock, but at the same time, Pringle, McCole, all our returners do a great job. All of our blocking guys on kickoff return, we could have easily in four seconds gotten that ball up to the 50-yard line, 68-yard field goal. Maybe we get one more quick play and, you know, it's a 53-yard field goal or something like that. So you could squib it. I also think, you know, it was a kind of tougher conditions to kick in. You know, I had some, some kicks where I was trying to hit a touchback that only went three deep. And I know Tyler had some touchbacks that, were line drives that barely went in the end zone. So I, I wonder if they told him, just try to hit a touchback. If it goes short or whatever, they'll return it, but do your best kick. Um, but I don't know. It's tough to go back and say, if I did a squib kick, you know, would that have taken more time off? I, I personally, I just think our kickoff return team is very dangerous. And if you give us the ball, say you squib it down, we get it at the 10-yard line. It's something we practice all the time. We could easily pop that out, maybe score a touchdown or at least get it, you know, to the 50-yard line or something like that. But um, my guess is they probably said, just give your best ball. If it's not a touchback, they'll return it. But just try to kick it as far as you can. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.